Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gear Priority Podcast. My name is Justin, and I am your host. Today, we are taking a look at the Defy Satellite Communicator and SOS device. This device is intriguing because the device itself costs about half as much as its competitors, and the plans are about half as much again. So it's a very affordable option. I've been using the device for a couple months now, but wanted to bring Pete Cunningham from the Bullet Group, the company behind the Defy, onto the podcast or to chat more about why they decided to make the Defy and how they see themselves fitting into the market. Welcome, Pete. For the people people at home, where are you calling in from? And can you give us a, a little bit of a background on your relationship with, with Bullet, Defy, kind of what your role is in there? Sure. So uh, Bullet, we're headquartered in the UK, so I'm, I'm sat here in HQ. Uh, we're, we're about 30 miles west of London. Uh, I, um, I run the product and the product management team, uh, the pre-sales team, so the kind of technical service side. So my official title is uh, VP of Product Management. I don't think a lot of people out there probably aren't familiar with the, the Bullet Group. Um, so where, and I think from what I understand, it's a pretty young company relative. I think you guys say on your website, a relatively young company in the teleco space. Um, what kind of got Bullet Group started and um, where, where, were your, where were your origins as far as like products or services? Yeah, so we were, we were founded in 2009 um, and the focus has always been on, on mobile phones, smartphones. Um, it's a brutal space, right? It's, it's a really difficult space to compete in. And so uh, we always specialized in roaming devices and that's how we differentiated ourselves in the market. Uh, one of the interesting things about Bullet though is that um, we don't typically use the Bullet brand on, on any product. Um, so people may be more familiar with um, Caterpillar smartphones or Caterpillar phones. Uh, so we use the Caterpillar brand um, and uh, we also use the Motorola brand. So what we do is we really license uh, global brands uh, and then apply it to, to our products. Uh, Caterpillar is the longest standing relationship. We've been working with Cat now for, for over 10 years and we've been building um, phones for them uh, or under that license, under that brand for, for, for that amount of time. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's what I want to get into a little bit later is how Motorola kind of fits into the picture because I think Motorola is kind of the name that most people are going to be familiar with, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. But yeah, curious, curious curious, kind of what their role is. But before we kind of jump into that, um, I want to, can you just give a give an overview for the people at home as what as to what the, devi- the Defy device is and what what it's accomplishing out there? Sure. So we've we've actually got um, a couple of options. So again, as as I talked about, um, building smartphones is is a really tough segment, um, and business has really been largely hardware driven. Um, mm-hmm. And as we all know, the world is kind of um, moving away from hardware. Hardware is important, but um, you know what we've been trying to do is diversify ourselves as a business. So. Um, you know, continue to do smartphones, uh, but also look at how we uh, how we strengthen ourselves as a software and services company. Um, and so, about four years or so ago, we started uh, investing in satellite technology. Um, and as of 2013, what we've done is uh, we've actually launched three satellite-enabled products. So we have two um, satellite-enabled smartphones, uh, and then uh, one under, sorry, so one under the Cat brand and one under the Motorola brand. Uh, and then we have 
uh, the product that you're referring to, Motorola Satellite Defined Link. Um, actually, my marketing team will be uh, disappointed I got the name wrong. It's the Moto Defined Satellite Link. A real mouthful. Um, you know, the marketing <laughs> yeah. team did a great job with it. Um, but what that is, is it's a, um, it's a Bluetooth accessory that will connect to any smartphone, iOS or Android, and turn that device into, and turn that smartphone into a satellite connected phone. Um, and so what we've got with this is we've got satellite messaging, a two-way messaging, pretty much text messaging. Uh, so at the moment, the standards don't allow um, any rich data services or voice. So it is... Um, it's text messaging over satellite. Um, and some people will obviously be familiar with what Apple are doing with, uh, with their satellite solution to dial straight into 911. We've also got a, um, an SOS function there. Uh, so we've got two-way messaging, we've got tracking functionality, uh, imminent, and we've got SOS, which is rooted into a global response sensor, which is 24-7-365, uh, um, call focus point, um, and then they will triage that, that SOS alert for us. Um, and so those those are the products we've got. I think most of the conversation today is probably going to focus around the the Moto device satellite link. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's three devices. Yeah, I think I, I, th I think I saw the phone. I think there, there's probably some regional differences. Like I think the the satellite link is is available, kind of, it, or is going to be probably available in most places because it can connect to any phone, whereas the, the phone versions are are a little bit more difficult to kind of get around the world. I, I think I imagine. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Right. So so the Define Link is um is global. Um, the two phones obviously depend on the RF band in that they support. And so at the moment, uh, they haven't launched in, in North America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's something I want to kind of touch on a little bit. I think right now, the so I, I'm holding for those uh, who are watching. I'm holding up the. The device satellite link right now and it's it's available in north america and i think most of most of europe at, at this point is that is that correct and it's and it can be rolling out to i think canada's the next step um sometime in like maybe october is is the plan yeah it's uh it's imminent right we're we're, we're yeah. kind of pretty close to lighting up canada <laughs> there's stocking channel so um yeah it's, it's gonna be uh it's, it's in the coming weeks Okay, nice. And then do you, do you have, um, is it kind of like 2024 where there's going to be wider coverage kind of across most of the world? Because I think, I think may, maybe people are, maybe we can just dive into the weeds a little bit here as far as um, maybe skip ahead to talking about the satellite network. Because I think a lot of people are probably familiar with the Iridium satellite network, uh, which is what Garmin uses, then the Global Star network, which is what um, Apple's, Apple's using. I think Spot uses that one as well, which uses... If I'm remembering, remembering correctly, low orbit geosynchronous satellites, and then the bullet system is using high orbit um, equatorial satellites. Is that is that correct? Correct me if I'm wrong on this one. <laughs> no, so I mean the easiest, the, the, the most common way that the, the satellites are, are referred to are Geo and Leo. Okay, so we're using geostationary satellites. Uh, basically, uh, these satellites are fixed uh, in the sky. They follow the rotation of the Earth. So um, that satellite is always in the same position. So if you walk out of your front door um, and you connect to satellite, every single day that you walk out of your front door, that satellite will be in the same space. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Iridium, uh, the Global Star um, satellites are uh, low Earth orbit, so LEO. 
Okay, and these will travel around the Earth at about 5,000 kilometers an hour. Um, and so and so they're constantly moving. So anyone that's familiar with um, with the Apple solution, uh, they have uh, they have an interface that allows you to um, understand where that satellite is and, and connect to the satellite. Now, there's 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 advantages and disadvantages of the satellites. Okay, the fact mm -hmm. that ours are stationary in in the um, you know, in the sky uh, means that we know where they are all the time. Uh, in theory, we can connect to the satellite much quicker, um, and um, you know it's consistent. The disadvantage of a geostationary satellite is um, it's it's a long way away, right? Uh, we're talking; these are about 22, 23,000 miles away, um, which is when you start thinking about the fact that we're we're sending messages to from these, um, it's kind of mind blowing. Um, but they're a long way away, so. Um, you the the guys that are using a Leo stationary or uh, sorry a Leo satellite low Earth orbit satellite would probably argue that um, your your sender receive your messages quicker. Um, now, when we're talking about messaging, obviously, uh, yeah, messaging is not a time critical service. So yeah. if you need to wait another second or a couple of seconds to receive that message, um, it's not really the end of the world. I think yeah. obviously. Um, as you move forward and you start looking at more data services, which is which is on the roadmap, uh, then you're probably going to uh, you're probably going to need the the, the Leo satellites. Um, but to to get to that, we're a number of years off, and also to get to more data rich services or voice over satellite, um, in many cases for for a standard smartphone, you're going to need these new. So these new uh, satellites in the air, um, and you know the great thing about the solution that we've developed actually we can we can plug into uh, Leo satellites if we want. So we're not uh, yeah. we're, we're not restricted. Um, it's just that actually in terms of the partners that we've got, um, you know, the geostationary solution seemed uh, seemed to be the right one for, for launch. That makes sense. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, it's interesting the aspect of like with the with the Leo satellites that are constantly moving. I was in a canyon that had a very narrow um, view, kind of at, at the sky, and I got I got linked to the Iridium network every twenty minutes because that's when the satellite kind of kind of flew by. But it's interesting to know that like if you get a get a connection with the Defy satellite device, then in a certain location, you're probably going to get that connection reliably every single time um that yeah, you, you go would, back yeah. to that location you, uh, you would yeah yeah which is which is which is very interesting I, I can definitely see kind of the the pros and cons of cons of each but yeah also cool that it you have the opportunity and potential to connect to leo satellites if you want to down the road and you can kind of maybe have a have a mesh of those systems yeah and 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 we've tried to design the the solution so it's as, as flexible as possible it's not you know We'd need to. It's not possible for for the user to connect to or choose. Okay, I want to on a connector Leo or on a connector Geo. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so we'd need if we were going to connect to to lower Earth orbit satellites, we'd need to to launch a new device and and build the implementation of the device. Um, but you know we've got the flexibility within the business to be able to do that. that that's cool. I think I guess before I, before we kind of. 
that, that was that was a good deep dive. I, lo- I love talking about satellites and the deep dive into technology. I, sw- I just want to run through for the people at home just kind of some some specs um, and stats for the for the Defy satellite um, communicator device, just, just in case people, so people have some context out there. Um, on my scale, it weighed 69 grams, so it's by far the lightest device that that I have as far as all this all the satellite communicators. Um, $150 US um, right now in the US. And I think that currently includes 12 months of of the the essential subscription plan, which is 30 messages a month, which is kind kind of kind of kind of awesome to, to have that built in, at, especially at $150 price point. Um, 96 hours of of battery life. Um, that's I'm guessing that's similar to other satellite communicators with that where that's based on like ideal clear sky scenarios. You're not dealing with tree cover and and things things like that um yeah and also usage right usage is it's a it's a difficult one to judge uh you know we've we've done a lot of testing i've used the device a lot myself um i can get seven days usage out of it kind of sending a message once a day type thing um uh but equally you know it depends where you're going to be um you know how much you're using it so so we're talking typically spec wise. We on the on the data sheets we talk about four to five days battery life. Yeah, yeah, and that's I I've kind of experienced four days, and I've I've been pleasantly surprised with with satellite communicator, um, like brands out there being like fa- fairly accurate with their <laughs> with with their um, battery estimates because like some other devices they're like yeah five days of battery life, and then yeah. you get like one day or like cell phones where they yeah, say forty eight yeah. hours. Now, but that's accounting for not using your phone at all throughout the day or something crazy. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's nice to see fairly fairly accurate um, battery estimates. The other thing I think once if once people are kind of if they're off that if they have that free twelve months of subscription once they're off that like the subscription plans are pretty pretty great as well five mu- five dollars per month for thirty messages. Um, these are on twelve month contracts ten dollars for eighty messages thirty dollars for three hundred messages. Um, and then there's the freedom plan where for $60 a year, you get 250 messages, which I think is, is, do you have some data right now on what the most popular plan is that people are signing? Is Most people are probably on that free plan, I guess, at this point, but um, yeah, yeah, any idea I think, what um, might, might be most popular? So I think we, we've had an offer in the US whereby um, people, have, people have been upgraded for, for, a, for a period of time. Um, that offer is coming to, to an end. Uh, we have seen that people have, some people have come in and, and, and automatically gone and, and bought that, that bigger plan. Some people have gone to freedom. I mean, it's still it's still early days, right? Um, you know, we're still in the first few months of launch. Uh, the subscriber base is growing. Uh, and like I said, we have had this offer on where, where everyone's been upgraded to, to the higher plan. So um, I think as, of, as we move into to the fourth quarter, um, we start seeing, get a better feel of, of where people people are landing. Mm-hmm. I, I pulled pulled my my YouTube audience and got about three thousand responses for people who use satellite messengers. What plans they're on, and seventy five percent were on the most basic plan um, from either yeah. like Zolio or or, or Inreach, um, which I think is fifteen messages a month for those guys. So I think we'll. I, I imagine with with Defy, we'll probably see people on that essential thirty messages a month plan, or, or probably the like the freedom like for for a lot of people out there, we're going on three four trips a year. The freedom plan Absolutely. is probably going to make make the most sense for them. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably something you're going to come to in a moment anyway. But what we tried to do, 
is is be very aggressive in terms of uh, in terms of the device and, and the package. I think you know, we we wouldn't naturally see ourselves um, as a as a direct competitor to to the Zolios and and the Garmin Inreach. I mean, we we kind of see those devices a little bit more. Um, I'm going to go off grid for for a period of time, a little bit more hardcore. Um, you know, where we see the opportunity with this device is, is a, a lot more mass market. However, saying that, I think naturally, uh, because satellite communications has been expensive uh, in the past, I think naturally where you see the early adopters coming are from people that are familiar with Zolios and InReach and, and those other devices, because those are the guys that, that, that understand the technology. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as we move forward, I think, you know, we we really see the way that this is positioned as a, a safety and security device, right? So actually, you know, I can chuck it in my glove box and um, if, I, if I'm driving along out maxed and, and and I need some I need some coverage. Um, I've got a device there. A great example is you know, the roads here in the UK in the winter are awful. Um, you know, big holes everywhere. I goodness knows what we pay our taxes for. But um, <laughs> my wife, uh, my wife, Went to work one morning, um, you know, uh, kind of seven o'clock in the morning, pitch black, and she hit one of these these potholes in the road, tire split. Okay, luckily she was, you know, uh, somewhere where we did have cell coverage, and and I think in 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 Europe we are pretty um, blessed with with good cell coverage. You know, in the UK, the biggest network's probably got I don't know ninety plus percent. Geographic coverage, um, mm -hmm. you know, where when you're looking at uh, the US, Canada, you know Australia, these are markets that there's, there's huge areas where there's there's no uh, network coverage. Um, yeah. So, you know, in that situation, she did have she she got out and she could she could make a phone call and called and said, "Hey, um, I need some help. Tires burst." Uh, but if you see a situation there where you, you, you're a lady, it's dark, you've broken down on the side of the road, you don't have any cell coverage, you know, this this is now a godsend. Um, yeah. So we do see you know, the initial traction that we've had is in that traditional okay. core market, people that are familiar with this. But I think as we move forward, um, if we see the opportunities is, is also in that, that kind of safety and security. Um, segment as well yeah. which is much more mass market and, and i think that lines up with some of the stats i've seen around um like i think roadside assistance has been creeping up as far as what's um been triggering s triggering sos's and then being responded to by some of the some of the sos kind of um triaging uh units out there and i think like yeah. like you're saying the roadside is huge like i was i was out camping in an area that didn't have cell phone reception i was uh, it, temperatures got down to minus 50 degrees celsius and the oil in my car froze and I wasn't able to get out. So I had to, I was, but because I had a satellite communicator, I was able to message, um, message my wife's dad and he was able to come pick me up. And then we waited for, we waited a week until the temperatures got up to a reasonable minus 20 and then we were able to go back out and get the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and, and I think that's, that's also the difference uh, between the solution that we're delivering um, and perhaps the, the solution that, that Apple have implemented where, you know, with, with Apple, they were route directly into 911. You know, ours is going off to a dedicated 24-hour, um, as I said, 24-7, 365 response center. Um, and so 
you know, that does give you the flexibility to be able to um, trigger an SOS that perhaps isn't life and death, right? It, you yeah. know, if I've got, in the situation you just described, right, you don't need uh, blue light services, right? You just need someone to, to come and pick you up or to, a tow truck to take the car away. Yeah, that's not blue light. That's not 911. Um, so with the solution that we're offering, you do have the flexibility to be able to trigger an SOS uh, and say, hey, um, I need a tow truck. I've broken down. So so the way that we see it is not every SOS is is kind of an emergency. Some of it is just, you know, uh, I, need, I need help. Or can you tell my wife that the train's broken down or whatever it may be. Um, so... So it does give you a lot more flexibility in that sense. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. Yeah. That's one of my favorite features of of having the the communication device too, and and the two way. Based on I, I've had some chats with search and rescue people and and first responders, and the two way communication that you get um, after pressing SOS is they they've mentioned to me is is essential. And and I, I haven't pressed the SOS on the Defy device, but I assume like once you connect, once you press SOS and connect with the triaging group. You, you have that two-way communication with them is that is that right yeah and and uh, you know if you're if you're in an SOS situation um, mm-hmm. you're then in unlimited messages right so those messages yeah. that you're using from an SOS point of view are coming out of your package or your monthly allowance so um, you know what happens you press the SOS button um, the uh, the device will send your GPS location to the response center uh, you're also then through the phone get prompted to answer um, some multiple choice questions, very similar to the way Apple do it, right? Just gives more context about your situation. Um, yeah. And then the response sensor will come back to you and, and start an open two-way conversation. Um, the great thing about um, the device satellite link as well is actually SOS will work independent of um, of the phone. So uh, for yeah. me, uh, I you know uh, last week I did uh, my first ultra marathon, right? I, during COVID, I, I got into running a lot more. I've done a couple of marathons, now my first ultra marathon. And so I don't really want to be taking a phone with me because it's, if I go out for a couple of hour run, um, it's, it, you know, phones are big. Um, so now what I can do is just click this onto to my rucksack or whatever it be, uh, and uh, I, can, I can check in, it will send my location, but also um, if there's a situation where I do need SOS, um, I can obviously hit the SOS. With that situation, you're probably going to, um, you obviously need to send it, stay in the location that you're sending that SOS from because it, it drops you, your coordinates to, to the response center. And then, then if I disappear another two miles down the road, they're not going to know where I am. But um, yeah, yeah uh, you, you do have that, that facility with the device. But I guess the important thing is, you know, um, SOS is just, uh, just one part of the proposition, right? It's almost like a phone you add in terms of what we're delivering. This is really about um, enabling people to be connected when cell coverage you know, isn't there. And, and you know, like we said before, uh, US, Canada, Australia, these are huge markets where, where cell coverage is um, sporadic in, in, in many areas. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, I think I, I've, I've been in, I go out, I'm in the back country about 100 days of the year in areas without cell phone coverage. And I've sent thousands of, of satellite messages, but never had to press the SOS button. So that's I, that, that's going to be the situation for most people. I think, um, yeah, there's there's a fraction of the number of SOS calls relative to uh, to satellite messages being 
um, sense. So that's going to be the primary thing that most people are using it for. It seems, but it seems like, like there, there is a lot of similar, you, you mentioned that maybe the Defy isn't meant to be a direct competitor to the, to the in-region Zolio, but there's a lot, there's definitely a lot of feature overlap um, and functionality overlap. How, how is, how is Bullet and Defy able to get the, the price down for the device down to one, like a half, half the price for the device, half the price for the um, subscriptions relative to the competitors? Like how, how's that, how's that happening? Cause that's, kind of a game changer so what we've done is uh we've, we've kind of built the solution on uh new technology standards based so um your 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 cell phone right um typically will comply to something that's called 3gpp specifications uh and in these specifications it kind of um writes down how phones should work um and so what's been introduced in the, the latest specifications is um how um, NTN, non-terrestrial networks, satellite networks, will start being integrated with cellular. Um, and so what we've done is we've worked with um, MediaTek, who are uh, a chipset provider, um, you know, similar to Qualcomm, uh, biggest chipset vendor and uh, provider in the world. So we've worked with those guys. We've also worked with a, uh, a partner called Skylay, um, that are based in, you know, uh, on the west coast of the US. Um, and obviously we've worked with um, MRSAT, um, Echostar, uh, Legado from, from a satellite provider. Um, um, and the whole solution has been built on new technology, uh, which has meant that we can be a lot more efficient. Um, and hence, you know, it's, uh, we, we've tried to be uh, aggressive on the price of the device itself. Um, but also then uh, the fact that it's all built on new technology means it's a much more efficient way of being able to send messages so we can be a lot more aggressive in terms of the um, the cost of sending messages because like i said before right this technology has been around for for, for a long time mm-hmm. um but it's been limited to certain segments because it's it is it's always been a very expensive technology yeah and so, so, so we don't we, think it's yeah, I was going to say we don't think it's um, it's niche because people don't want it. We think it's uh, we think it's been limited because actually it, it's just been too expensive for for, for mm-hmm. everyday people. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and it's interesting, like with with the the efficiency that you mentioned, is that like it, to send a message or receive a message, is it less like kilobytes that are going to the satellite and coming back, or is it a lower cost per kilobyte in order to make that? It's, exchange yeah it's the it's the latter it's um it's it's a it's a more efficient lower cost way of being able to uh to, to send and receive those messages okay that's so that's like is that just due to like that's due to the partnership with like immer immersat and echo echo star the yeah satellite? it's um it's it's due to the way uh it's due to way the service has been built and um and the fact that it's all built on on new technology as opposed to Kind of legacy systems that have been in place for, for many many years um, mm-hmm. and also we thought it was really important for, for us um as a small vendor right let's make no bones about it um you know apple have gone away and done their own satellite solution um we've taken we have to take a proper sorry a standards-based approach to to what we're implementing um uh, and now uh, we're really about exploring about how uh, how we can work with other people to to kind of implement that um, that technology. Mm-hmm. And, 
like interesting that like you meant you mentioned Apple having their their technology. I think the MediaTek chip, like you 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 guys have put it into phones already with the cat and Motorola phones or to add yeah. satellite connectivity. I imagine we're probably going to see, and I've, I've heard Qual- Qualcomm's also coming out with a satellite connectivity chip. Um, as more phones are kind of adding these, these, these chips, it, do you plan on partnering with more phone companies in order to kind of provide some of this, the service around the satellite communication and the um, SOS uh, service delivery? Is that kind of a, a, yeah, a think, moving into um, a long, longer term plan <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's it's obviously difficult to comment on on what's happening in the future but kind mm-hmm. of if we step back right um there's there's been a huge amount of conversation about satellite technology uh in the mobile space over the last year two years okay you see things like in the u.s timo uh, starlink you see uh announcements with um, AT&T and Vodafone working with AST uh, in Australia Telstra are working with Starlink and OneWeb right um, and and I think uh, the reason that you're seeing that is because uh, if you look at the numbers cellular coverage um, or cellular networks cover about 60% of the world's population however they cover about 12% landmass right it's it's you know the the coverage that they provide of the planet is is incredibly small, um, so I think what you're seeing is uh, you're seeing more people looking to uh, satellite really to complement terrestrial cellular networks um, and deliver um, the next generation of con- connectivity, um, mm-hmm. and so um, we're really we're really excited right because we're at the forefront of this. Um, and well, you've got uh, you've got different partnerships kicking off around the world. There's a lot of operators that still really aren't separated. A lot of carriers, operators that really aren't settled on on their strategy. Uh, they don't know what to do. Uh, they don't know how to to, to to implement. So where you've got you've got some big names that are very clear and they've they've made um, announcements. There's a lot of people that don't know what to do. So uh, we think that there's a great opportunity for us. Uh, both with with our own brand devices, uh, but also you're going to see um, over the coming years you're going to see this feature implemented more and more in terms of uh, in terms of smartphones. Uh, but mm-hmm. you're also going to see this span into uh, a whole host of other devices as well. So um, I think what we are what we're doing is um, we're, we're trying to establish ourselves as uh, as one of the market leaders here. We've got uh, a very flexible solution. Um, that is not satellite um, restricted. Okay, so we're, we're very agnostic mm-hmm. in terms of Geo versus Leo. Um, we, um, we're, we're very flexible in terms of um, chipsets and, and other elements. So um, we, we're, we're very open and we have lots of conversations with different uh, partners across the industry um, about how, um, how we can help other people uh, with, with with delivering devices to the market. That's interesting. Yeah. So bring, bring that expertise, um, and, and knowledge to, to, to some of these partnerships and, and other companies. That's yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I'm curious, like we, we touched it on the beginning with, with Motorola and now after, after talking about some of these partnerships, especially with devices, how, how does Motorola fit into the, the situation? Like what's, what's their, their overall role? Um, cause they're, they're, they're kind of the main name on the device, especially as we see it in, in North America here. 
Yeah, that's right. And um, so we kind of relationship with uh, Motorola for um, uh, certainly uh, three or four years. It could well have started. Co COVID confuses everything, right? You know, time. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're COVID. It's like was that? But but you know, uh, for for you know, three, four, five years now, we've been working together with Motorola. Okay. Um, the relationship started because uh, Bullet are experts in, in delivering rugged devices. Uh, and, and we got together with Motorola and they said, hey, can you, can you do a, a rugged smartphone for us? Um, and so we did the, the initial Defy. Um, again, I think it was more European-based, and I think we launched it in, in North America. Um, and then um, off the back of that, uh, we, we've since done the second Defy, Defy 2, and now this device. So that relationship has been in place for uh, for multiple years, um, and it really started because of our expertise in in rugged phones. Okay, um, mm. but now, obviously, as we talked about, we've been investing in satellite technology, and we we, we stuck around the table with them and said, "Hey, yeah, we've got this great device. Um, yeah, we think it fits really nicely with what you're doing." Um, and and they were they were really excited to 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 sport with the with the with the brand. So, so is and, is it bullet sorry, engineers? Justin, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, was, I, I think I was I was going to go on to answer because I realised I hadn't really given any insight. Um, so we work really we work really closely with them. So it's it's all our engineering, but then we uh, we have to work really closely with Motorola from a from a software point of view, from a quality point of view, um, because obviously um, they. They want to ensure that their brand is protected and, and the product meets uh, the requirements that they have in place. So, um, mm -hmm. we during the project uh, we have regular calls uh, with Motorola, so the engineering team is integrated into what we're doing. The quality teams are, are integrated, so um, it's it's much more collaborative in terms of uh, the device coming to market than some of the other relationships where we've had that. That, that a brand may just be concerned about how that, that brand looks on the product um, versus, and, and then kind of leave everything else to us. Okay, yeah, that, that was, that was going to be my question about how, like where, where the different engineering teams kind of fit into all of this. So it's, it sounds like it's mo most of the design work and engineering work is happening on Bullet's side, but it's in coordination and kind of just like conversations with Motorola to make sure it hits their design philosophy and fits into their overall brand brand yeah vision. they have uh they they have things called big rules um which um you know we have to ensure that that we meet um and they're pretty they're pretty tough in terms of um you know the the standards that that we need to meet which is which is understandable right that they're, they're a huge mm -hmm. global brand um and it's 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 important that that's not that's not um you know impacted from just pushing out a product that that, that doesn't meet the standards that they're looking for Equally, right? It's it's in our best interest, and and we've been doing uh, rugged devices for a long time, so we've got a lot of expertise there. That makes sense. And so, with with the satellite communicator, is that is is Motorola like making the device? Is it going through their manufacturing pipeline, or did you do a separate kind of sourcing um, exercise for that? Yeah, no. So it's it's all been manufactured by Bullet, right? Um, so we we designed the device. Uh, we manufacture the device, um, you, and again, uh, like I say, the Moto uh, Moto are involved with with 
quality requirements. Um, you know, they they audit the factory. Um, it's actually we use we use one of the factories that Motorola use themselves, right? So um, there's a lot of consistencies in what in in um, what's happening. But um, yeah, the product the product is designed by Bullet. It's manufactured um, by you know, our engineering team came up with the design um, and and. Yeah, the factory is one that both Bullet and, and Motorola use for for funds. Okay, nice. And I have some quite, I have a, maybe a couple of questions, at least one about the device itself. As far as, um, like, I imagine like to hit to hit one hundred fifty dollar price point, and especially with the weight of sixty, like seventy grams, um, you have to you have to kind of make some some choices as far as what's going to be included on the device. Ba- battery life is kind of an easy one, just. The, the bigger the battery, the heavier and bulkier it's going to be, but the longer battery life you're going to have. Um, so I guess question one, how did you guys settle on kind of that 96 hour, like four day battery life? Um, and this, did you have a target weight that you wanted to hit or did you have a target battery life that you wanted to hit? So we were really driven by um, the size of the device. Um, so, you know, what we wanted it to be was pretty much credit card size. Um, yeah. credit card size and then the thickness of a, a standard smartphone and that's that's what we achieved um battery life from from a product perspective battery life was always a concern when we went through right because um you, you know we didn't we had assumptions uh, about how it was going to perform but obviously until you start getting samples uh, you don't really know how it's going to perform um and and so battery battery was was a real concern uh, in the end we were we were super we were super uh, surprised by the battery life it, it actually exceeded um, so you're pleasantly surprised by the battery life once you got the samples um we we were and what what that's that's then allowed some flexibility in terms of how we optimize the device as well so yeah. um you know um so a great example is uh, one of the software drops that we've just we've just released in terms of the application um, and on the device. Um, we brought to the forefront a little bit more. We've made it easier for people to see um, how much battery life they've got, uh, how much signal strength they've got. Um, so because we were before, you know, we've been through a real learning phase here, right? We we've launched the device. Um, you know, it was it was a good device, but we've had lots of feedback from from customers, which is great, right? And what what we really tried to do is take that feedback on board and um, and and kind of help out with some of the pain points that these these yeah. real life users are seeing. Uh, we can test as much as we want, but we're not going to see um, the stuff that that kind of real people are using when they when they when they're out and about. So um, with the new software, what we've done it will be new app. And what we've done is we've brought battery life, we've brought signal strength um, out of some of the menus and made it a lot more easy for people to see. Um, one of the advantages that we have from the battery life is is it meant that what we can do is we can we can come hold the device a lot more to understand its signal strength. Um, so again, we can reflect that to a user. So um, the benefit mm-hmm. of the battery performance has helped out by by allowing us to kind of optimize other areas without um, sacrificing batch performance at all, um, which is which has been really helpful. I, I've I've been I've been impressed over the last couple of months with how 
quickly you guys have been pushing out updates and, and kind of addressing those pain points like with with some companies out there like to even just to address what you just mentioned would be like a multi-month long process that they, they would need like tons and tons and tons of feedback and then the engine the software engineering going into it what's allow like what's allowing you guys to kind of iterate quickly and, and stay nimble with a from a software standpoint yeah I think we're we're obviously we're obviously small, which means that there's a, a smaller number of people making decisions. Um, we are, but but I think we were we obviously wanted to launch it. We we thought the product was was great and was ready to be launched. Um, but um, I think what we've been very conscious of is utilizing as much of that feedback as possible. Um, <laughs> And uh, we're very, you know, across the business, we are very um, active in terms of looking at uh, reviews on uh, various retailers' websites. Um, looking, there's a there's a Facebook group, um, and, and people are, are providing feedback directly through there. And um, and I think it's it's just um, it's a really nice uh, environment to be able to to garner um, pain points that, that people have and and. Um, we are small, which means uh, we can resolve things as quick as possible. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, there's there's stuff that we still need to fix, um, and you know, I there, there may be people watching this that are like, well, this is a pain in the backside. It's been doing this. You've fixed this. Um, there's a whole host of stuff. I'm um, both from um, folks that we're aware of. Um, you know, hopefully none that are too critical, but uh, there's there's bugs that that are being resolved, but also uh, you know feature enhancements as well. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we we're probably not as quick as I'd like us to be, but we're I think we're we're doing okay. We've made some real substantial improvements over the last uh, over the last few months. So anyone yeah. that, that had this device um, from day one and is using it now. Hopefully, they would have seen like um, the quality of the service that's been delivered has improved substantially. Great example. A great example is, if we're really honest, one of the things that we didn't get right is it was a complicated device to, to set up, right? Um, and we probably didn't provide people enough support. Um, so simple things like um, we put a little insert in the box um, and we changed the position of that insert in the box so it sits directly underneath the device. You take the device out, you see this little insert, uh, and it gives you three or four steps in terms of if you follow those steps, you're going to be up and running this rail. Um, <laughs> day one, we, we dropped the ball on it. Um, and so, um, you know, we've tried to react as quickly as possible to fix some of the issues that we had because, because like I say, we, we, it, was, it was a great product when we launched, um, but there were, there were some areas that, that we needed to improve. Uh, and so as an organization, we've been working really quickly to or really hard to try and resolve those issues and, and fix the things that people have kindly pointed out to us. Yeah. And I, and I think you guys are doing a great job. I think that's a lot of that comes down to company culture and it's cool to kind of see that making those improvements is, is just kind of part of what, what you guys value and what are, what, what you're doing with the device. I think there's always there's always going to be improvements and bugs and tweaks. I think we, we would be getting a new iPhone every single year if that wasn't wasn't the case. Um, and still dealing with bugs in software that's 
like win, win, like Windows is probably a great example that it's had the same some same bugs for the last 20, 20, 30 years. So, <laughs> oh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not quite quite uh, quite like that. But I think yeah, it's, I think it's been commendable as how fast you guys have been iterating on on the software side of things and and making changes. So that's that's awesome to see. And um, I think uh, something that I'm curious about just with the device now being out for a little while is have you, have you had any SOSs come through um, that, that have uh, been triggered? I don't believe that we've had any uh, real life SOSs. I think that uh, there's, there's been one or two accidental. There was one of my colleagues that um, accidentally pressed it. Uh, I'm uh, anyway, bless him bless him uh he he won't do it again um uh but um i think yeah we had we had one other person press it accidentally um but i don't think we've had any um real life sos's uh activated as of yet no do you have any stats around the number of messages that have been sent or like even how many devices have been activated that are out there right now yes uh, we no, no need to show i know that might be uh that might be kind of company secret uh, information. But. Yeah, no, it was um, at, uh, there was a there were trade show recently, uh, IFA in Germany, um, and we were out talking to people and uh, we were really pleased to say that we've, uh, we've now had over 850,000 messages sent over, mm-hmm. over the platform. So, um, nice. yeah, when we, when we think that we, we kind of launched the phones um, Q2, Q2, um, you know, that's pretty good traction in, in the first few months. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, a, that is a stat that I can share with you. Um, yeah. I don't think there's, there's many other stats I can share with you beyond that. <laughs> that's, that, that's fair. And I think before we kind of wrap up, um, what's, do you have any, anything you want to share with you as far as like kind of what's, what's next for the bullet devices, what's coming down the pipe, what they can kind of maybe be excited for, um, that you guys have yeah, in the works? That's, 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 always, that's always a difficult question to, yes, to answer. Um, you know, in a previous life, I was a market analyst and sat on the other side of the table and asked that question a lot. Um, you know, so instead of just straight butting it and telling you well, no comment, I mean, we are, um, you know, as we talked about earlier, right? One of the big focuses is how we expand geographic. Um, mm-hmm. We and we need to do that a little bit more quickly. Um, so Canada is coming on very shortly. Uh, you will see certain parts of um, Latin America lighting up. Um, over, you know, we, we may even get some of that lit up in Q4, so before the end of the year. Um, and then the big focus is uh, turning other markets on. Um, you know, in in Q1. Um, you, we're, we're working through whether there's a way to kind of blanket turn, turn the globe on or whether it's going to be kind of um, region by region. Uh, so we're yeah. still working through that. Uh, and then the the other thing that we're really working hard on, which kind of goes back to the point that we touched on before, is is really looking at um, what people are, are feeding back to us and how we can improve the service. Um, so both from a, uh, from a bug perspective, what, what's really annoying people, but also from um, from new features, um, mm-hmm. so um, tracking is going to be switched on in. Hopefully, that will be switched on before the end of September. Um, so tracking will be coming um, imminently, um, and so 
again, you know, just a, just another feature to, to make the service richer. So there's a lot of work going on um, in terms of um, adding value to, to existing customers. And then I think what we're looking at is a little bit about, um, you know, where, where are there more opportunities? Um, so uh, that's a big focus and actually, um, how can how can we how can we continue to 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 drive more subscribers to the platform? Um, is it is it through new devices? Is it through uh, new segments? Um, and uh, so that's that that's the that's the immediate focus. So it's like I say, it's difficult for me to say, hey, yes, we're going to do this. Uh, yeah, I get I, I get I it for sure. <laughs> my marketing team are going to be screaming at me. My PR team, uh, like you but, could probably say, yeah. over the next ten years, we may do something. We may do this, yeah. but that's not that's not really uh, <laughs> that useful. Yeah, especially I'm, I know with software development, its timelines are always always tough, especially with new technologies and everything. It's yeah, understand. So I, for but sure. I'd like to I'd like to try and give you some insight into to what we're doing, as opposed to just saying, <laughs> okay, yeah, we're, we're, I can't tell you. So yeah. hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight into what, what's coming in the coming months. No, that's that's great info. And I think um, I, you just triggered one more question. That's like, what, why why not turn on the entire globe? Like what's what's the limiting factor for having to focus on different regions um, as you go? So today it's been, it's been cost. Um, so, you know, essentially if we go and we turn on a new market, uh, we have to pay for, for that coverage. So... Uh, what we've been what we've been looking at is um, how do we ensure that there's enough demand in those markets. Yeah. And what we're trying to do is is work around the way that actually um, can we do something more strategic that allows us to turn on a bigger segment of the world, if not global coverage. It's never going to be global, right? There's some markets: Iraq, Afghanistan, India, China, right where geopolitical reasons, government restrictions, you you can't enable service in those markets. Uh, but yeah. in, in the other markets um, where we can, is there a way of being able to enable coverage in those markets um, in a in a much more cost effective way to be able to to be able to light up those opportunities? So um, that's something that we're that we're trying to work through with with our partners as well. We think we think we are making progress there as well. So hopefully, um, whereas we've had to be a little bit more targeted in 2023. As we move into 2024, we may be able to to unblock that and, and maybe turn on uh, regions a lot faster. That's that's great. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a it's been a great device. I think um, if if people are interested in checking it out, I'll have links in the in the video description to um, different places, kind of um, around the world, depending on where you are. And any any kind of closing thoughts that you want to share share with the the, the my audience out there um, before we sign off. Uh, probably not. In fairness, I think I think uh, Justin, we've had a great conversation. Uh, we've been through lots of things, uh, and so without going over the other points that we've talked about, I think you know it's um, you know it, it's been a good conversation, and and hopefully, hopefully, it's valuable to the people that that, that are kind of dialed in. I, I think so, especially I, I think especially for something that um, people might not be necessarily familiar with, going into a deep dive, see, seeing a seeing a face kind of behind the company, I think helps build that trust, especially the device that you're maybe putting a lot of your safety and, and, and trust into. So I think, I think it's been awesome. It's been a great conversation. I know I've, I've learned a lot about the defy devices and, and, and bullets. So thanks. Thanks a lot for coming. And, uh, yeah, I hope we have a great rest of your day. No problem. And uh, if you want to have a chat in the future, you know where I'm for sure. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Pete. Excellent. Talk to you later.